Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am back in the United States this week. In fact, I'm in a, an area that I'm uh, kind of familiar with, uh, which is in Virginia, talking to um, Stacy Bradford from TEDx Tyson Tysons. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Mark. So now I know Tyson's Corner, but is it Tyson's or Tyson's Corner? And tell me what the difference is. So, um, Originally, Tyson's Corner, um, known and made famous uh, most notably by the mall, but they are really trying to separate themselves um, from the stigma of being just this center to go and shop, right? Right, So uh, you'll hear people just refer to it now as Tyson's. I see. Okay, so that makes sense. And then for our listeners who are not familiar, that familiar with the United States, and in fact, one of the great things about the show is it is a geography lesson uh, as well, right? Because which uh, we all need sometimes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I, I've learned so much. Um, I'm going to go back to my sixth grade teacher and and uh, tell her the best way to learn geography is is talk to TEDx people every week. Um, tell us where Tyson's Virginia is. So you are about 20 minutes right outside of Washington D.C. Um, we're right in between Ronald Reagan Airport and Dulles. Um, just, um, you know, office 66 there. So, uh, you're in Fairfax County, if you're more familiar with that area. Got it. So you mm-hmm. are, um, so TEDx mid Atlantic is in your neck of the woods. Yes, they are. They are absolutely. So, um, they can have their event anywhere, you know, from New York down through Washington, DC, but typically, um, they hold it right there in the nation's capital. I love it. And and yeah. now you also we were talking before the show. You're uh you spent you grew up in Southern California, but you've been in uh in Tysons for uh the last what four and a half years. Yes. And when did you when did the the Ted bug bite you? <laughs> About 3 years ago, um you know, I had been listening to Ted talks um being in business and and business development for many years, you know, a lot of the sales training courses, um, would play, um, Simon Sinek, you know, sure, which, sure. you know, know your why. And, um, and I was really fascinated with the idea of Ted talks, these, these short videos that you could just gain so much information about a variety of topics. Yeah, yeah. And, and then about three years ago, uh, my, uh, the founder of our organization, Ashwood Heffern, uh, came to an event that I had planned mm. for the, for the Tyson's chamber, which is, you know, business membership chamber, uh, right in the heart of Tyson's. And they were really trying to focus on, on bringing more, more events to the space and, and Tyson's, but kind of struggling with 
how to how to appeal to all people. And Ashwood had just come from a TEDx foggy bottom, actually. Oh. And because uh, there are neighbors, too, in, in Washington, D.C. And I was like, I love TED. He's like, me, too. It, it was fascinating. And he, <laughs> he just said, we should plan one. Do you do you want to get the license with me and 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 organize an event? And so, him, I, and our our third um, co-founder Josh Stillman all said, "All right, let's do it." And uh, for better or worse, we just jumped <laughs> in with both feet and and started planning our first event. And how many people did you have at your first show? You just so did a hundred, or did you have someone yeah. who you had a hundred? So we just did a hundred because we hadn't been to like a. Uh, a a TED proper kind of HQ event yet. So we did a hundred, um, give or take. And, uh, it was, it was great. It was successful. We had it at a, a local venue in Tyson's. Um, it was formerly the USA today building and they, they gave us the space there and people were so excited, oh, you know, I, I um, the, you know, there were a lot of people that knew what TED was and TEDx was, and mm. um, they had never had an opportunity to to attend one before. And then there's this whole other pool of people that have never heard of it, which is always fascinating to me when I kind of live it and breathe it. Right. So sure, sure, um, sure. it was really, really fun to bring it. Um, and then uh, we went, me and one of the other curators attended TED Summit in Banff. Which that was incredible. Was amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was something I'll never forget. I mean, I just know. uh the people, the you know, the town, um, everything was just so wonderful. And so we were able to then grow the event. And we just had our last event on um June tenth. Okay. And we had about four hundred and fifty. And uh, so by going to the summit, you were able to do the larger. Now, did all three of you go or did just you go to summit? Two, two of us um, went to the summit this last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, our other um, third co-founder was patient enough to uh, wait this year because we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, appropriate with the funds and made sure we had enough to invest back into the next year and, um, and bring more people. So right. he is actually at, in Tanzania as we speak. Oh my gosh. I at know. Ted global. I know. So I, I think that he, he may have gotten the, the better, <laughs> the better bargain there. <laughs> we, um, I've been going to TED for about 20 years, and last year was our 10th wedding anniversary, and it was on the week yeah, of cool. Summit. And my wife and I started, we kind of met as a result of a TED project in, in 03. And That's so wonderful. I said, how appropriate is it for us to go and hang out with you know, four or 500 other TEDxers, plus the translators, plus the, you know, TEDsters that were there. That was, that was a magical moment. You're right. I'll never forget it either. How, how special is that? That's wonderful. Um, and I think it's one of those things that people don't understand unless they've attended a TED, um, is kind of the high you get from not just the talks, but it's the in-between time. Yep. It's yep. connecting with other TEDxers and people that are just starting off or have been doing it for years. And there's just so much knowledge and passion um, and inspiration to be had in the room day after day that you almost come back from it feeling like, 
how do I go back to normal life now right, and right. and have more s- simple conversations? <laughs> well, it's um, it's interesting you say that because that re-entry period was what we going to TED experienced before TEDx because we would come back and you try to say, okay, there's this thing we do called TED. And we're like, well, what's that? And maybe they'd seen a video or something. And it was enough of us coming back and getting to Chris. And that's, you know, TEDx was born as a result, thankfully, in 2009. So now we can we can go to, if you're jonesing for a TEDx, you can, you can find one within a two-hour drive of almost anywhere in the world these days. So that's incredible. Is, yeah, or you can watch, a, if you're really, uh, you know, wanting some stimulation, you can watch a live stream almost every weekend. There's three or four to pick from. So uh, I, I love that. Now, you do Tyson's, and you talked about TEDx Foggy Bottom. Have you been to other TEDx's in the region? I've got to guess there's quite a few in your area. Yeah, we have um, TEDx Herndon, which is a little further out um, in the Herndon Reston community. Uh, we have another TED family, TEDx Ashburn, that just started this past year. Um, so, you know, it's it is a very small community, and I think the the great thing about where we are is that we all kind of try to help each other. Sure, you know, you never know when something. Um, is going to happen where you're going to be in need of something. I, I remember uh, we got our rug rolled out, ready right, to go, right. um, and it was just like the smallest rug ever on this stage that was a lot bigger than our stage in, in the previous year. And, you know, last minute we had to call around and call one of our TEDx partners to borrow one of the, the round rugs, you uh, know, and if we, had, we, if we didn't have those relationships and if we didn't have someone that we could do that, I mean, we would have been going to buy one. Absolutely. But it's so important and vital to have those relationships built up and to support, support each other through, um, your networks and through your postings and your, your social media channels. Um, we really don't take that lightly. We really want to try to appreciate them and they've been so good to us welcoming yeah, us into the, the community the as community well. The community is a big part. You you were saying uh, that one of the original impetus was to bring events into Tyson's, be more than a mall. Um, one of the opportunities as organizers is to make our TEDx unique. I mean, we, we've got some lanes that we stay in, right? There's guidelines for, for our general format, but there are so many ways you can really make it your own and make it feel like uh, your community what what kinds of things have you done in that regard you know this last year uh, our focus was actually I'll start with the first year our first year um, you know with a with a smaller intimate group we we hand selected the audience okay because we wanted to really make sure that it was uh, well-rounded yeah, and sure. that there were people that represented different voices and professions and um, they were stakeholders in the community in different ways. Um, Tyson's is a very professional business orientated area and they're really trying to make it more of a live work play. Uh, you know, uh, they've opened four Metro stops in the last two years uh, right through the heart of Tyson's more and more condominiums and apartment buildings are going up. But with all of that, 
you know, there's still not enough green spaces. There's still, you know, a struggle to find the right mix of arts and entertainment and how you get people to stay there after 5 p.m. So our goal when we started TEDx Tyson's was to create this type of forum and a a community event that everyone can really take ownership with. So, um, you know, for our first year, we we did we did a lot of around this like technology hub. So where we are in Tyson's is um, a tech corridor. So we have all the big data centers out towards Ashburn, and then um, a lot of government contractors and tech and developers um, all the way through kind of the heart of Tyson's. So we did what we called a tech petting zoo. What? Uh, where? Tell me, <laughs> what? What? What the heck we, is that? Exactly right. Um, it was one of the ideas from um, Ashwood, our 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 principal founder, and he had this idea, and we thought, all right, come on, what what are we doing here? Um, but he was he really held true to to wanting this vision to come through, and so we invited um, you know someone that had a drone to come in because you know, we'd all seen them and heard about them. Maybe a few of them had interacted, but a lot of people hadn't seen a drone up close and personal. Right, and right. so, um, we had that, we, we reached out to uh, the local community college and asked them to bring some toys. And it was just a way for people to kind of share what they were developing, um, different maker spaces and, and to, to kind of start a conversation about, you know, the creativity and tech that that's starting right here in Tyson's and, is growing and just a conversation starter really this past year was uh by far one of my favorites um you know there's always a learning curve and so what what we chose to do this year was um because our our title and our theme i should say was impact we had each of our speakers select organizations that they felt were doing impactful things, whether it was nonprofits or social, you know, entrepreneurs, um, um, even some for-profit businesses that were just doing really great work. And we invited them into our space to, um, you know, have a table and and share what they were doing. Um, another way we try to engage the community in Tyson's is, you know, after all the talks at the end of the day, um, we held a, uh, you know, a Q and a, a focus group where we were able to get really candid feedback from, you know, a select group of people that attended. Um, luckily, lucky for us, we actually had some TEDxers come from, um, a lot of different events. We had someone come in from Montreal. Um, we had someone from Kansas city. So it's always nice when you have these other TEDx perspectives I love, too. I love that, right? It is so vital because it's one thing seeing a video. It's another thing being there to experience it. Um, And the feedback of the things that they said, hey, you know, you know, try this or man, you guys are really masterful at at this area. Um, It's so much more validating when it's coming from someone that has been doing what you've been doing. No, exactly. Now, did they did the organizers reach out to you and say, hey, can you hold a seat for us or did they just buy a ticket like everybody else? We have them reach out to us. I mean, typically they will reach out um, and say, hey, we have a group of people like the local ones. We do reach out proactively and say, hey, this is when our event is. We'd love to have some of you you there. Um, but some of the ones that were coming from further away, you know, reached out because we had met at, 
you know, Ted Summit right, or Ted right, Fest right, in New York, um, right. you know, a couple months prior. And we, you know, we always are very gracious to give a give free tickets to other TEDx curators that are coming through. It's it's a nice tribe we belong to, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is a tribe. It is. It is so much fun. We um, <laughs> last year there were uh, two TEDx's that were going to be happening three months after ours, and I was um, I was helping them. And so they came and shadowed because they had not done it yet. So it was kind of cool wow. for them to just for the week of to just come and camp out and be a part of everything that we were doing. So um, that that was again, this is it's why we have workshops in conjunction with shows. It's why we were all trying to learn, which is why we do this show. Same same exact thing. It's like, how can we learn from one another what is the other than rolling the rug out and it was finding it was too small for the stage? What's been the biggest surprise for the last three years for you as an organizer? The amount of time it takes, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that everyone assumes, um, that we're getting paid for this, you know, <laughs> like as if this is everyone's full-time job and it's, and it's not, you know, we all are, are juggling a lot, but we're passionate and, and wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but you know, I've lived my life in a way that if an opportunity presents itself, I just say yes. Okay. And then I kind of figure out the details later. Um, especially if it's something that I feel like matches, um, with some of the key values I, I hold for myself and, and Ted was, was exactly that. So, you know, the three of us said yes to this and had no real concept of just how <laughs> time consuming it would be, especially that first year, right. you know, right. because, um, we all have, you know, different, um, different skills that we bring to the table, right learning those personalities. I mean, we were all very new friends. We didn't know each other very well. You know, now I look at these other curators as they're like my brothers, you know? So, um, but in all families, there's dysfunction and there's learning curves. Of and, and, you know, that first year was tough because, um, we all, we didn't know which role really should be for which person and where we would excel the most. And, and then we learned after that first year, hey, this is your lane. This yep, is my yep, lane. This yep. is his lane. This is where we want to overlap. This is where we, you know, send out, you know, questions to the whole group and when, what we meet on and talk about. And it it's just been night and day the second year around. But the biggest surprise w w is just, you know, that that first year and all the things that you have to put in place and the team that you have to build out, you know, but I really think that if you're in it for, you know, the long haul after the first year, it gets a lot easier. Yeah, it does. Now yeah. with the three of you, one of the things that's a little challenging, if you haven't figured out exactly what lane you're in, it's really hard for the rest of the team to know who to go to. Right. It's like, who's in, right. Okay. You know exactly Preach. what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you, you know what yes. I'm saying, right? So what, what lane did you end up in? Where, where's your sweet spot? So, um, you know, originally I did sponsorships because I have a background in uh, business development and sales and it was kind of a natural fit. But when I took on my uh, new role as an executive director for a nonprofit, doing a lot of fundraising, I felt like, 
I didn't want to blur those lines and those responsibilities. So um, I moved into the executive um, producing role. And where I really focus is day of and speaker curation. So my team handles all of the, um, we, we have what we call speaker liaisons. Right. And a speaker manager that handles those liaisons. Yep. But uh, we put our speakers through a somewhat rigorous process. Um, I'm familiar. <laughs> and, you know, I've had a lot of speakers come back and, and say, you know, I haven't ever gone through that type of preparation. And right. I've been speaking for years or, right. you know, I'm very seasoned in my career. But they always end up thanking us at the end. Isn't that because funny? Because they... It's so funny and they learn so much about themselves and they end up taking uh, these same snippets of their talk um, into, you know, other areas where they can use it to teach or um, uh, utilize these skills in other ways. But yeah, they always end up thanking us, although some of them kick and scream like the entire time, (laughs) which I get, you know, um, but I think that I've really honed in on this kind of production role because in my day-to-day, I'm really used to speaking with influential people and people that have a lot of um, authority in all of their their many roles in life. And I think that I can speak to somebody um, kind of eye-to-eye, and I empower my team to, to do the same so that they don't feel like oh, I'm so sorry to bother you or to ask you to do this. But, you know, I think the first year um, we all kind of did that. We tiptoed around a lot because we were just so grateful to have these great speakers. But as we continued to grow the strength of our team and really um, come into an identity for ourselves, I think it made it a lot easier for everyone to feel empowered to say, hey, this is why these things are so important Right. And it's good for everybody to get them done. Yeah. Um, and so that's really where, you know, I focused and I think I've excelled in the organization. Um, yeah. It's, you know, each year you get better at it. And we hear this story a lot on the show, uh, especially, you know, you're in your third year now. Um, and us, we've been doing it since 2010, but this is the first year we did a speaker's guide. You know, we, we would have, you know, there's information for them, but yeah. in these conversations, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I guess I should have a speaker guide. And then because, <laughs> yes. well, because because we all share so That's so true. nicely, right? I was able to pull Montreal's and pull, you know, this one and pull that one and then give all those to the design team and the speaker team and say, we, we need something like this. And mm-hmm. And, and it just, it's like each year you try to add more and more and get better and better. I love that. However, as we're getting better, there's still a dragon in our story here somewhere. There's some dragon rearing its head, Khaleesi, which, where, where's, where, where's your, where's your dragon? You know, um, I feel like it as much as we have all learned to work better together as we grow the team, um, you know, you're still dealing with a lot of different personalities and the, and it's so important that when you bring someone on, they understand the culture Mm. and that it's, it's one of these cultures where if you do not, um, if you're not self-motivated, 
you know, we can't wait to always tell you what to do. We're really looking for people to join our team that take ownership of roles and really um, are good with working with a lot of different people, but they do take ownership and they, they do really lead, right? Because the more we have people like that on the team, the less it takes off of everyone's individual plates. Um, and we don't have burnout, right? Because that's the worst right. thing is when you have someone that's really key in a role yeah. and they are so, so inundated um, that they, you know, it's just not scalable. They can't keep doing it. Right. And unfortunately, we've, we've had not a lot, thankfully, but, you know, we've had a, a key person before that we relied on a lot, just kind of burn out, right? So in these, just these first three years, we're still working through um, where do we allow our team members to kind of continue to take, 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 because we have really motivated, smart, driven people. And when do we step in and say no? You know, like, I think that, yeah, you can do it all, but it's not sustainable. So it's kind of learning those that's balances. Gr- that's, that's great coaching as well, I think, um, as well, which is, is just to, you know, monitor the, the workload on the, on the team members. Uh, we have a, um, we added a director of user experience this year and the, the lady who stepped up to do that job, it's her first time on the team and which is fine. And yeah. she has that first timer exuberance of, I'm going to, I though? love it. <laughs> I love it. But at our team meeting last night, I said, I love all of your ideas. Cause you don't want to, you know, squash any of that. I said, but I also don't want you to pop. And yeah. if you try to do all of that, you're, you're totally going to pop. So mm-hmm. let's, let's pick the things, let's pick a few things and do them really great because it's already more than we ever had before. Let's do it really great. And then we'll expand next year, but let's do a, like your, your hashtag for the next 11 weeks is less is more. It's and, so true. and you could see her just kind of relax a little bit, like, cause she wants to show up, right? She wants to do yeah, a great job, improve right? Improve herself. Right, yeah. Right, as an asset. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that there, there's my advice, kids, less is more, yeah, exactly. but, it, but it's hard. It's hard because you see all these great Ted's and you look at the Flickr photos and you listen to these stories and you, mm-hmm. and you watch the videos like, Oh my gosh, I want to do all that. But yeah, you know, you gotta, gotta work into it. Right. Absolutely. Because the worst thing I think that, um, can happen is that you try to grow too fast or do too much and it comes across sloppy and people see the mistakes. Um, because, you know, on, on one hand, you know, I've heard people say, you know, the videos are all that matter, right? Because the videos are Mm. really great. They will, um, be able to, you know, get the views and, and Ted's support and all this type of stuff, which is all very true. But the reason why the, the experience of the attendees are so important is because that's where our partners and and sponsors come from, right? These are where, when they're coming into the fold, they need to see that we have great feedback. You know, we did exceedingly well this year with our, our reviews and surveys. And oh, we good. even had a partner company that came back and did, you know, a special set of surveys on top of what Ted does because we want to find out, um, we want to get as granular as we can and try to capture the attendees that are, are passionate enough to respond. Um, 
so that we can get better and that we are addressing the concerns in the community while also making talks that will be globally um, sought after to be watched and seen because we don't want to do something that we always do a few things that are hyper local. Cause I think it's important for our audience to, to show that we're, we are very focused on Tyson's as a, as a community. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a balance, right? The, it's interesting. You said we always do a few things that are hyper local. Give me an example of that. So um, this last year on, uh, in talking about impact, Tyson's is uh, what we call an edge city. Um, edge, like edge on the city. edge of a, like the edge of a cliff. Okay. And the idea was um, coined. The term was coined by um, Joel Garreau, who was a columnist, um, and now he he speaks and he writes all about kind of the Santa Fe of of the of the country and of, of great cities. And the idea is that Santa Fe is this city that's not really the major metropolis kind of destination, but they've created that, right, with bringing state-of-the-art you know, venues and events and the best food. And people are increasingly able to work remotely. So the need to really be in the middle of a city isn't as appealing when you can mm, live right. where you have more face-to-face time using tools of technology. So he talked about Tyson's because Tyson's is what we would call an edge city. It's outside of Washington, D.C. It has a lot of great influences kind of around it. But, you know, is it doing what it needs to do to get people from not moving further out into the country in Virginia where they can have that main street feel. Right. They right. can have more land. They can have more um, community events. Like, And I think that's what's really um, important. So be, this talk applies to a lot of cities. It applies right. to a lot of towns and right. how they're in their when they're developing and, and what's sustainable. But it's very important to Tyson's because Tyson's is in the middle of that development right now. And those are the questions that the community is asking. You know, like, where are the dog parks? You know, where are the community events? Um, you know, where are the what are the things to do post five o'clock that are family friendly? And you had said, you know, right off the bat, what made you unique was that it there there is a transition and it's probably driven by the chamber and the economic development folks, right, that are yeah. that are looking at, you know, long term city, you know, urban planning, city planning, mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, Who have been great partners of ours, right? Of course, of course. Because yeah. this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's got the brand of the city on it. And so there's some ownership, you know, psychic ownership, if you will, uh, of true. that as well. And and you're building a, 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 you're building a brand. Uh, you're building an organization that's sustainable, as you said, for the long haul. Um, so when is your next event? In 18? Or are you doing a salon before that? Or women? Or Yeah, you? we are... Yeah. So, um, all of the above. No, um, I would really like to, and we've been talking about doing licensing for, um, Ted women, but we are applying for our youth. Um, we do have our salon. So we've done two salons, um, so far, one on improvisation and one on, uh, sustainability. Uh, we're doing, um, another one, um, come October, 
uh, at a, a new venue, which is a, a great theater and arts um, venue called Wolf Trap, which is oh um, sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure you're familiar. So of course, um, of course. great um, a great area in the barns that we're having. But uh, we're we're planning on doing three plus salons a year, uh, and we're inviting stakeholders to, you know, pitch salons and get involved and, um, you know, to make them more local, right? To have more of them, more conversations. Um, but our next large event will be next May, and you know, we've already had our kickoff, as you know, of volunteer course. meeting of and. It's like as soon as one ends, you kind of take a breath and then you just start planning again for the next. How many people on the team all told? So the day of, we have about 50 volunteers, Yep, which is wonderful. Uh, but, you know, on an ongoing basis, there's about 12 to 15 people that have key roles that are yep. really necessary to keep us yep. going. Yep. So that, that's yeah. about, it's somewhere between eight and that number. You know, um, we, the other thing, uh, again, I, uh, I'm so lucky to sit at the, the crossroads of all these conversations and it has profoundly affected what we've done with our own event and pretty much rebooted. I mean, even though we've been doing them since 2010, this year, I completely rebooted and said, we are not an event that needs an organization. We're to produce it. We're an organization that produces an event. Mm-hmm. And the, a huge psychic difference for us, and the way yeah. we looked at it as well, you run a you run a foundation, so you know you know what that's like to to have that organization and figuring out you know the the hiring the team and having you know uh, good uh, like job descriptions and succession plans and watching for burnout and. That's the same stuff we do in business, right? Yeah, the, the succession planning is important because I think that uh, as much as you want to continue to spearhead and you take such ownership, like TEDx Tyson's is our baby. I say that collectively for right, you know right. the the founders of the organization, and to know that like at some point we we're going to need to pass that baton, and we have so many great people right now on the team that I think would be extremely capable of, and they've proven it already, um, to to take that on. But knowing when it's time, you know, and knowing when to engage people at higher levels of the organization and give them more, um, you know, we always listen to everyone's voice. We we always make sure to download at the end of these things. Of course. And and we want to be challenged by our team. But, yeah, the succession planning is something that I think people don't think about until it's too late. And that's why sometimes you see TED events disappear. Like we had TEDx Baltimore, you know, right up the road. Um, I think it just, it stopped. No one renewed the license there. And you know, that happens sometimes they, you know, you don't have someone that's going to pass the baton to. That's an opportunity. Um, if you're in a community that there was a TEDx and you haven't had one for a couple of years, you can, go look on uh, the TEDx website and find out who the organizers were. Sometimes they've moved. Sometimes they've just taken a break. Sometimes they are happy to pass the license on. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in doing, uh, check that out. If you wanted some help in that, drop me a note and uh, I can point you in the right place. As we, we kind of circle into the end of our time together, I'm 
I, I love to find out with you. You've been to lots of TEDs, um, but there's a TED somewhere on the planet that if you and I got on the magic red circle and flew to it, where would we be going? Well, I would have gone to the one in Antarctica that Trent uh, just sure. curated. I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to um, to be there? But uh, in that kind of closed facility, what I mean, what an exceptional Scott base, right? Yeah, yeah, Scott base, um, which is incredible. But you know, I hear a, a lot about a TEDx Beacon Street. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're so beloved, and I'm sure rightfully. But I want to see what all this hype is about, you know, in well, person. And <laughs> well, we're going to uh, – he's going to be on the show here uh, coming up. And uh, we're very excited. I want to talk to him about TEDx Adventures, uh, which he, he pioneered all of that. And mm-hmm. um, next week I'm talking with Kayla Colbin, who is the co-organizer from TEDx Christchurch. But she was the co-organizer of Scott Base. So, oh, um, so I got Trent's point of view and that was the, he said, now I'm going to get the, she said, uh, on that, which I think is going to be fantastic. And, um, as you know, cause you listen to the show, we like to end with the, the best hack. Like what's that thing you can do for free that makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> best hack for free. Um, well, I've already talked I said, you know, know your partner so that you can, um, get as much for them as possible. Honestly, um, I think that I would say the best hack, I don't even know if this would really be a hack, but I'll just say it. Stay at the same venue <laughs> as oh. long as you can to grow your event into the spaces that they have available. Oh. When selecting a venue, if it's at all possible um, and there's different theater sizes or they can expand up, it will make your life just so much easier, you know, um, because you're dealing with the production, you, you know, what type of cameras, what type of angles, uh, that first year, you just, you never know what you're going to come up, come up against. Right. Um, even if you think that you literally crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's, something will happen. So if you can stay at a venue for a few years, um, it really gives you an opportunity to grow into the space, to be more creative with the space, right? to grow a relationship with that venue partner and build trust so yeah, that yeah. you can continue to ask to do more and do different things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, w- I would say the same thing with your partners. Make sure when you're working with partners, they know that this is you don't want a one and done. You want someone mm. that's going to take ownership and grow the organization with you. So we really talk to our partners a lot about you're not just giving us money to put your your logo on the beginning of our video. You know, this is we want you to feel um, ownership in this and a true stakeholder. And we want you to to really feel like your voices are attached to these types of pieces. So um, those would be my my two cents. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the, <laughs> it's the care and feeding. Uh, I, I I had not you know we've done uh, coming up on fifty episodes and I have not heard stay at the same venue. It makes so much sense. I know our guy. They just um, we've got a theater downtown that they put I don't know twelve million dollars into a remodel and it is it nice. is fully it's only three hundred seats but it's fully state of the art for the whole South Coast. 
spectacular. And we came in there and they didn't know what we were, you know, we wanted to do. And mm-hmm. we just said, you guys, we got this. We know what we're doing. I've got a crew and they've been with me every year. And afterwards, he says, I wasn't sure. He says, but you guys stretched us and you came in and showed us a lot of things our place could do. We didn't realize we could do. And thank you so much. And you've really set the bar high, uh, which was great. great. And they, so this year, uh, going back in, they're like, well, they trusted us. They trusted that they, we knew what we're doing. So when we say, you know, hey, we want to try this or that, they're like, hey, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Yeah, and it's all about trust, right? right. So, yeah. Gosh, we could end it right there. There's my T-shirt. Okay. It's all about trust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag trust. Hashtag trust. <laughs> Stacey, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I, I hope we run into each other at a TED event somewhere on the planet one of these days. That I'm sure be- we absolutely will. And when we're all done and we're shows posted, we can get it out to all your good friends and they can get a chance to get to know you a little better themselves. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. You're welcome. Enjoyed Bye-bye. It. All Bye-bye. right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.